0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Tribe of Leaders podcast. I'm your host, Emmy Kirshner. On today's show, I have the distinct pleasure of interviewing my friend, Jennifer Lynn Robinson. I've known Jennifer for about seven years and she's always been one of those people who seems to be everywhere all at once. She is the CEO of Purposeful Networking and she is also the president of the Fem City Philadelphia chapter. And in the episode, we talk about how she has a process for saying no, and she talks about why that's so important for her and how it's helped her grow her business. My name is Emmy Kirshner. I'm a serial entrepreneur and investor. The one thing that I get asked all the time is how do you achieve success in business and make an impact? In each episode of the Tribe of Leaders podcast, you'll hear from entrepreneurs and visionaries who share how their leadership has changed not only their lives, but the lives of everybody around them. Jennifer, I am so excited to have you on the show today. And I have to share with you that when I first met you, which was, I think, way back in 2012 at... It was my first fems meeting. The buzz around the room was that you were the person to know because you knew everybody in oh, and I that's was so really nice <laughs> yeah. Like it stuck with me all these years, and it was really cool, but it was also a little intimidating. And I know I introduced myself, and you probably don't even remember, but introduced myself to you at that point. And it's so cool to be able to see you grow and your business grow and the new things that you're taking on. So with that, share with our listeners who you are and what you do. Yeah. So before I do that, I want to say, I
1: do, you know, I do remember meeting in 2012 and I remember that your focus at that time was more towards kind of nutrition and wellness. And I remember sitting down with you at the Barnes and Noble in the gateway and, you know, sharing each other about our businesses. And it's just amazing. You know, here we are 2019 to see how far both of us have come and we've shifted focus and grown and, you know, just to have started, you know, along those lines, you know, I think I said it Friday, um, I know when this airs, it'll be later, but at our last Fem City meeting, um, you know, it's been so nice to see so many of the women in our organization grow their businesses kind of together, you know, all these years. Mm-hmm. And um, so you're definitely somebody that, you know, I've watched that progression and it's been amazing.
0: Oh, well, thank you as well. Well, yeah, so...
1: So, uh, you know, and currently I run Fem City Philadelphia, which for those people who may not know what that is out there, it's a women's business networking organization. It's a national organization. And for the last three years, I've run the Philadelphia chapter, which we have over 2,000 in our community and we have monthly events all around the greater Philadelphia region. And then in addition to that, I run my own business called Purposeful Networking, which focuses on consulting, speaking and training, helping people be more strategic and efficient with their networking and networking skills.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what I would love to know is how do you do it all? <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: you know, I, I do it
1: all, but I would say like most people, I don't do it all well. You know, I mean, something has to give, right? I mean, you know, everybody from the outside looks like, wow, you juggle so much. You're everywhere. You manage this, you manage that. But, you know, There's things that suffer just like everybody else. My house is always a mess, you know. I mean, I know you just had an amazing move to the city, and I'm hoping Mm -hmm. in the next one to two years to do the same. But I have rooms in my house I cannot even walk through, if I'm being totally honest, with, you know, just stuff that has to be gone through. You know, there are nights where, like last night, for example, I came home from an event. And I realized we had nothing to eat, and I ended up having a bowl of pretzels for dinner. You know, there's there's definite things that fall through the cracks. So, you know, I do it all, but, you know, I don't want to give the appearance that, like, I do it all flawlessly because I think, you know, nobody does. Like, being behind the scenes, there are always things that give. There are always things that you could do better that you don't do perfect because you can't balance everything perfectly at once.
0: Right. Uh, Now, you know what? And I'm so glad that you said that because I think it's really easy to look at, you know, the outside and be like, oh, look, they're juggling everything so beautifully. Um, It's really about setting priorities, isn't it?
1: Definitely about setting priorities. And, you know, it's funny, you know, you know, I just had um, a surgery in December, so I was home recovering for a few months. And one of my favorite shows is The West Wing. And somehow Mm -hmm. it's just like a comfort to me. So I was home and I ended up watching the series again. And, you know, there's a character that plays the chief of staff, and him and his wife are actually splitting up at one point, and he says, uh, she says, you know, your marriage is more important than your job as chief of staff, and he says something to her like, no, it's not. For these four years, you know, when I'm in the White House, my job is more important than my marriage. And it was, you know, really tough for his wife to hear. Ultimately, they split up on the show, which, of course, I'm not looking to do in my own marriage. But I point out that example because, you know, it started making me think of, you know, there are times where if we really wanted to, you know, we didn't want to hurt people, we would turn around and tell our spouse, our siblings, our, you know, significant others, friends, you know, This is more important than, you know, your event, your birthday, your this, your that, you know, because there are times we have to make really tough decisions, Mm -hmm. you know, as business owners, as women, you know, just in your professional life. Your career doesn't always come first, but there are times where you have to make really tough choices. And that, you know, as president of M City of Philadelphia, that also has been a struggle because you have so many women that are doing wonderful things and you want to support as many of them as you can. But you can't. You can't do it all. You can't do all right. your own stuff and be at everybody's events as well.
0: Right. It's particularly with a membership of over 2,000. I mean, it's, I don't think it's physically yeah, possible it's very for you to, to be, you know, at everything. So, you know, kudos to you no. for making that, that priority. Now, you announced recently, too, that you're stepping down from Femme City as president. You're still going to be super involved in the organization because you love it. But tell us about your thought yeah. process with that decision because I know you have big things planned you know in your own business, but I think that's such yeah. an amazing decision to make because it's so it's easy to just kind of keep going and doing both and not being satisfied with either one. Yeah, it's very
1: tough because, you know, I love both Fem City and my own business. I've loved running Fem City for the most part. You know, I'm not gonna say there haven't been challenges. But, you know, it's the position where there's, unlike some other organizations, there's no term limit. So really, you know, unless I'm screwing things up, I could continue with this as long as I wanted. And you're right. It is easy sometimes to stay with the status quo. There are a lot of things about running some that are great, you know. And i realized that over the last, you know, maybe year or so, I'm getting a little bit resentful about running it, not resentful about the organization. I still have the same level of love I've always had for it, but I see that my own business has been growing. I see all the things I want to do with it, and I see that I just don't have the time and energy to focus on it because I'm spending so much time on the details of running City. So I feel like I had to make a difficult decision, which was basically, do I want to grow my own business and brand and get to the level I want to get to, or do I want to continue to grow someone else's organization? And that's really what it comes down to. And that's a very, very difficult thing to decide, but that's ultimately what it came down to.
0: Right. So what was the, like the beginning point for you in making that decision? Was it that you weren't, like, seeing, you know, enough growth in your own business or you wanted to take on a new project?
1: Yes. I I mean, it was a number of things. I think, you know, I have a part-time intern. You know, I'm not in a position where I can afford full-time staff. So I felt like there were a lot of things that were falling through the cracks because I didn't have time to follow up on them. Different leads, different people that asked me to send proposals or, you know, had mentioned they wanted me to come speak that I didn't follow up with. You know, um, having new content for my website, doing videos, wanting to create a webinar, you know, wanting to be an adjunct professor and teach networking somewhere. I mean, just so many things. You know, I just started making lists of all the projects and places I wanted to take my business and realizing how much time and how many hours I would have to devote to really make all of that, you know, consistent and make it happen for myself. And, you know, I just can't do it with the time that I have right now with running the organization.
0: Right, right. Have you felt like whether it was Fem City or like any other business but having essentially two different businesses to run? There's been days where you've been like which one do I give priority to?
1: Well, I think that's been most of the problem.
0: Yes, there's that
1: decision, but ultimately Fem City has won out where I spend the majority of my time on Fem City and a minimal amount of time on my business unless I'm actually doing speaking. And it really should be the other way around. You know, um, Cheyenne Dominguez, who obviously you know well, who ran City before me in Philadelphia, she did not have a separate business. Now, you know, of course, she had, you know, young children to raise, which I don't, Mm -hmm. and she had, you know, her own challenges with her schedule. But she didn't have another business that she was competing with. So it has been a struggle to have the competing businesses and decide, you know, what to work on
0: you know, I mean, running
1: an organization, it's a 24-7 situation. Most people have no idea behind the scenes how much goes into it, how many, you know, texts, emails, messages, demands, you know, there are from members, from, you know, inquiries, from people that want to partner with you, sponsors, you know, it's really never ending.
0: Right, right. So, What are some, I'm curious, what are some of the things out of that long list of projects that you want to take on with your business as you're starting to, you know, step out and wind Fem City down and, you know, we're going to be stepping into 2020 pretty soon in a couple of months. What are some of the things that you want to get, like, do first in your business and then how are you helping people too?
1: So I think the main things I want to do with my own business that are the top priority are finding a real speaker agent. Focusing on finding the right speaker agent and getting to be part of the right speaker bureaus. Some of them are very selective, so it's applying, you know, making sure my applications are top-notch and I can get on with some of the top speaker bureaus and also secure the right agent for myself so that I don't have to hustle as much for those opportunities, and that I also want to do a lot more nationally and, you know, even internationally if I can, and just creating, you know, a a way for me to get those opportunities, hopefully getting on with those higher-level speaker bureaus and getting a speaker's agent will help. The other thing Mm -hmm. that I really want to focus time on is, you know, what led me into my path of being an entrepreneur was that I had a near-death accident. I was a litigator for 12 years. And I basically changed career paths at the time I had the accident and started my business. Right. So, you know, lately, I've tried in a few times in the past to really talk about that whole journey and the reinvention and, you know, what it takes to be resilient and, and everything along those lines and kind of getting past everything I went through and how others could do the same. It didn't go over very well the first few times. And then finally this year, um, I did an event with this Fearless Women series. That's being put on at Autograph Restaurant locally here in the Philadelphia area. Mm-hmm. And I, will, I won't say it was perfect, but I would say it was the first time that I felt like I could really get through what I wanted to say, and I really centered it on the importance of storytelling and using your own story to grow your brand. So I really actually want to change a little bit of the focus of my business, not give up teaching the networking, But add in, you know, some speaking and workshops centered around that journey, my more personal journey and how people can use storytelling, you know, to grow their brand and their visibility and why it's important to share your story. One of my big goals that I haven't met yet is to get a TEDx talk. So I'm I'm hoping as part of that journey, I'll have a lot more time to apply to TEDx talks and hopefully get one and, you know, be able to share my story on a bigger stage.
0: Right. I think that would be amazing to see you on a TEDx What is it about the storytelling? You're welcome. What is it about the storytelling do you think that's so important for entrepreneurs? I mean, I think, you know, for the most
1: part, you know, and I'm talking about small businesses. I know there are obviously huge, large-scale businesses, but I think, you know, for somebody like me or for, like, a typical small business owner – There's a ton of people that do what I do. It's not like teaching networking or helping people with marketing or communications or anything is novel. There are tons of people that do it. So then you have to look at why would somebody come to me? You know, what is it about me that makes me special or unique or different? And I think part of that is your story and what drives you and what you can bring to the table. And Mm -hmm. part of it is just staying top of mind with people. And I think some of that is also about your story. I mean, sometimes I meet people at events and they remember the story that I told them. And they say, you know, oh, I haven't seen you for a few years, but I remember you telling me, you know, you used to be a lawyer and this happened. And, you know, so it's a way for people to remember me. And it's also something that drives me and makes me unique as far as what I put forward and how I can help others to do the same and make them make a great first impression, be memorable and be unique by sharing their own journey. And, you know, I know it's an overused word, but it's that whole thing about authenticity. I think some people are, a lot of people actually, are afraid to share their story. I mean, I definitely run into people sometimes who say things to me like, aren't you concerned as a business owner that if you tell people you had a brain injury and that you're not 100% even years later, that that's going to affect your business? And it does dawn on me sometimes that maybe there are people who might think twice about that. But I think the majority of people that know me would never think that. And I still think that's part of who I am. And it's very important to be open about that, you know, to help other people, to make it seem okay for other people to come forward with what they're going through or what they've been through. And that's, to me, that's a very, very important thing because I see how long it's taken me and how much I've had to be resourceful and battle back from everything that I went through.
0: And I Mm -hmm. want to see people do
1: the same and feel like it's okay.
0: You know, I think that's so important because I mean, it makes you remarkable and unique in in sharing that story and what you've had to go through. And I think it also gives people an understanding of what you are now capable of and what they can be capable of. Would you agree or, or do you have a different perspective? Definitely. I mean, you know, and it's
1: not to say people have had to go through, you know, a terrible accident or brain injury, but everybody goes through stuff, death, divorce, illness, job loss, you know, loss of a child, mm-hmm. God forbid, you know. Even, you know, for some of us, loss of a pet, you know, pet, you know, for those of us that are close to our pets understand, you know, you know, I just lost one of my dogs and I'm still struggling with it. You know, people go through things and, you know, not everybody handles things in the same way. I mean, I, you know, I'll give you a perfect example in my own house. I mean, you know, my husband and I lost parents at the same time. And I think overall... He dealt with it a lot better than I did. You know, I, I think people just don't deal with grief in the same way. Um, not, not Not that I should say one is better or worse, but just different. And it took me a lot longer to kind of get my life back together after losing a parent than it took him. So, you know, I think to put that out there and make it okay, you know, I mean, sometimes when I talk to people about that, you know, when they lose a parent and I talk to them about, you know, when I lost my mother in 2011, people are like, well, what happened? You know, how did you handle it? And I was base—I basically tell the truth. You know, I left my legal job, and I kind of gave up on life for most of that year. And, and I'm being 100% honest. Like, I literally, you know, put on about 50 to 60 pounds at home. You know, there were days I couldn't get out of bed and brush my teeth and get dressed and go to the CVS and really just tried to go to therapy and get my life back together. Now, does everybody have that as an option? No. You know, but I'm being 100% honest with, you know, I basically had a breakdown, you know, and that is Okay. Because here I am years later, and I'm not in the same place, and so that can happen for other people as well. Right.
0: What was the catalyst for you in getting out of that out of that period? Because I think it's so easy to stay. You know, even if your life is a little more together than in being in the breakdown moment, it's easier to stay in you know a place where you're not reaching for a new level of success, or you're not trying to do new things.
1: What would you say got me out of that period that I'm describing?
0: Yes. Yes.
1: Yeah. I mean, at the time, you know, that was only a few years after my own accident. And it's not like I was better. I was still struggling and having surgeries. And, you know, as my therapist at the time described it, it was compounded trauma. It was trauma on top of trauma. So maybe just losing a parent wouldn't have put me in that position, although plenty of people go through that with losing a parent. But it was, you know, my husband both lost both his parents, and I lost my mother, and and I had the accident. It was a bunch of things at once, and I was in a very, very dark place. Um, and I think how I got out of it was, you know, at some point you have to look at things and say, am I going to let all this define my life, or am I not going to let this define my life? And part of that was also realizing I couldn't,
0: get better on my
1: own and going to therapy for a very long time, you know, and that's also hard, you know, when you're used to being independent and self-sufficient and, you know, you consider yourself successful in your professional career, you think, why can't I not pull this together on my own? Like, why can't I just get it back together? And just coming to the realization that I couldn't, you know, so that was also hard. And I think, you know, personally, you know, my mother suffered from a lot of mental problems. I think only as an adult am I realizing just how long that went on and how much worse it got. You know, it's a lot easier in hindsight to look at that picture than how just it was at the end. But I think, you know, she really did give up on her life. And I think thinking about that and how she let certain things define her life and she missed out on so many, you know, milestones and happy moments, I didn't want to be that person. When I was younger, I looked at my mom as a role model and I don't want to take away from her positive qualities, but I also made a conscious decision, you know, to look at how she was as she got worse and realizing that's not who I wanted to be. I didn't want to end up in that situation where I would let certain events define my life.
0: And, you know, I think that's amazing because, first of all, there's a lot of thought process in there, in the the piece, like looking at your mom's experience and, you know, the legacy she left you and really having that be, you know, something that, has helped you move forward and continuously take on new roles and, and pursue, I'm going to say even new adventures, because I think like this, you know, we just talked about a little bit ago, you moving, you know, really more full time and focusing your energy on purposeful networking and adding that storytelling piece. in. It's like you just continuously step up and step up and step up. So if there's one learning lesson that you wanted to share with everybody about all your experiences, what would that be? And I know I'm putting you on the spot a little bit.
1: Yeah, I mean, I would say, you know, one of the hashtags I use a lot, you know, especially when I talk about some of the things we're talking about in this interview, is just choosing happiness. And I really feel so strongly about that. You know, I think when you've been through something, you have more understanding and it's not just a cliche kind of phrase to you. You know, I think there has to be a point when you go through things where you realize that, that's all from within, you know, I mean, like the Wizard of Oz, you know, you've always had the powers within you, you know, Um, Mm -hmm. you have to come to that decision. Nobody, nobody, not even people close to you, not, not a significant other, you know, not family, not close friends. Nobody can make your happiness happen except yourself. And, you know, it doesn't mean that you're flowing through every day, like a Disney fairy tale. It just means that you make a decision to choose happiness, you know, to choose to see the good in things and to choose that something better is on the way and to take small steps to try to make
0: that happen for yourself. I love it. I love it. And do you feel like if you're intentionally choosing happiness every day, that new opportunities show up for you that you might not have seen otherwise? A hundred percent. Okay.
1: Yes, 100%. You know, I, you know, I mean, I can I can scale that way back, as, you know, and I know this seems really kind of simplistic as far as uh, to answer your question, but even just a typical networking event, I think this is like one of the reasons I love networking so much. Think about the times you might go to a networking event in the wrong mindset, like with a negative mindset. I don't want to, I'm bad at talking to people, you know, I don't know anybody, like this is going to be a waste of my time, you know, all of those things, those things that we tell ourselves in our mind. And usually, you know, it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy. You know, if you go in with that mindset, it's probably not going to offer any opportunities. You're not going to meet any great people. You know, you're not going to have good conversations. Um, but if you go in with the right mindset, you know, you're going to have all of those things and, you know, new, new opportunities will present themselves, new people. You know, I don't, I believe, I'm a firm believer in karma. So I think, you know, people cross your path for a reason. You were meant to be at that event and meet that person and share that story and, you know, have that contact. So, yeah you know, I think you can take it from that to like a much larger scale. Um I think you know what you put out there, you definitely get back. you know, am I this positive every day? No, none of us are you know <laughs> uh, but I think it's you know just having an overall mindset
0: right, I agree, and just one of the things that I teach my people as well, particularly in networking environments, is to really go in with the intention of making you know three to five new. Good contacts, not necessarily sales, but contacts and relationships that you can build. And I've seen it and I know my people and you're saying the same thing when people do that. And whether it's a networking meeting, I think, or anything else in business, too, like those things start to actually happen. Yeah.
1: But I think, you know, kind of the converse of what we're talking about is I think and I think, you know, what I'm about to say, you feel just as strongly about It's been a journey, and I think it'll continue to be a journey for me to pick the right opportunity. So a lot of things as you grow your business will come your way, and I've made some mistakes. I've said yes to things that in hindsight I feel were huge mistakes, you know, not only for my business but for myself, and I had resentment, and, you know, why did I agree to that? Why did I do that? This isn't in my wheelhouse. I shouldn't have taken on that client. So many things. And I'm sure that will continue, but I think I've gotten better at it. And hopefully as time goes on, I'll get even better at it. So yes, you want the opportunities coming to you, but it doesn't mean that you should say yes to everything. Because when you say yes to everything, you know, you're on somebody else's agenda. You know, you're helping other people as opposed to what you're going to set forth as your own goals. You can't do both.
0: Right. Do you have a process for that? Like, How do you evaluate what's a good opportunity or a good connection for you?
1: Yeah, for me, I mean, I think at this point, all I can talk about is really at this point, my business has taken much more of a corporate turn. So there are, you know, I mostly say no to things that are unpaid, not everything. There are certain nonprofits that I work with, like I do a lot with Career Wardrobe. I've been starting in the last year or two to do a few things with Men's Fit, which I'll continue with. So definitely there's some nonprofits that I'll do things for pro bono. But for the most part, You know, I've reached the point where I just don't have the bandwidth to do something that I'm not paid for. And after all, this is my business. So, you know, definitely saying no to unpaid opportunities in general. And then in addition, you know, I think if I am going to say yes to something that's unpaid, it has to meet one of two criteria or both. It has to either be for a cause that I really value and I really think I can make a difference. And, you know, it's an organization that really needs the help. Or it's an audience that has people in the room that will make sense for me to grow my business. And I'll give you an example. It was either last year or the year before I did a talk for something called LMA. It's the Legal Marketing Association. Mm -hmm. And they don't pay their speakers. So they had me do an event for them. And the room consisted of about 50 people And almost all of them had titles such as director of marketing or director of business development for larger firms in the city. And with my legal background and, you know, what I do, that's really an ideal audience for me because those are the people I want to get in front of who understand the value of the material I'm presenting and also have, you know, employees that need the help and the budget to pay me. So right. even though it was an unpaid speaking opportunity, you know, if there's one that I'm going to pick that's going to help me, it's something like that where I know everyone in the room is a potential client.
0: Right. I think that's excellent advice too, is to you know have some parameters for what you're you're looking for so that you can say yes because it is easy to get overbooked with everything.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, you know, things are definitely at the point for me where you know. At least once, if not more a week, you know, somebody's reaching out from a smaller group and, you know, or asking if I can meet with them so that I can give them advice and things like that. And often now I have to say no. I mean, my schedule doesn't allow for it. and. You know, I'm just not at the point where I can do that. You know, I I look at how far I've come and, you know, earlier you were asking me like kind of why now? Like, why do I feel like I need to shift the focus? I'm looking at how long I've been doing this and I'm thinking I really should be making a lot more money than I'm making. And, you know, so part of that is saying no to some of these things,
0: right? Right. right. Well, and particularly for the value you offer. I mean, I've, I've heard you speak the content that you offer and you give people when you're speaking is fabulous. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. I want to circle back to FEMS briefly a little bit because we mentioned opportunities. We have the FEMS conference, Philadelphia conference coming up in a couple of weeks, and I'd love to have you talk about that and why people should come because it's, I think, a great opportunity.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, this is really kind of like my baby close to my heart because when I took over FEMS three years ago... I kind of looked at the way FEMS was at that point, not just in our city, but nationally. You know, actually, since then, they have a lot more online kind of educational opportunities. But in person, particularly in Philadelphia, it had really been a situation where every month we would meet, there would be great networking, collaborations, referrals, you know, people were definitely growing their businesses. But we didn't have speakers and there wasn't any educational component. And I decided to start this business conference. And I remember the first year, you might remember as well, we lost our keynote speaker 36 hours before the conference. Her mother passed away. And of Yeah, and of course we understood, you know, that her mother passed away and she had to back out. But you can imagine, you know, throwing a big conference and my first one with the organization and then losing our keynote speaker that close to the event, I was totally panicked. But, you know, here we are, our third year, and I'm super excited. Our conference will be October 18th at the Pyramid Club. It's a half day. And why people should come, I mean, you'll hear from a lot of amazing business women, as well as our keynote, who is Victoria Woodall from CBS. And, you know, it'll be relevant advice to help you grow your career and grow your business. So in addition to some awesome networking, you know, we have two panels. This year, one is about scaling your business. So how do you do that without kind of being the face of your business? Because for a lot of small business owners... A lot of us feel like, you know, if they're not going to hire, if they're going to hire me, they want me, you know, and and growing a team of people that people think are as good as me that, you know, would be okay to send out for different opportunities and allow me to focus more on growing the business can sometimes be tough. So we're going to hear from some people that have done that successfully, how they've scaled it in different ways. And then, you know, PR and marketing. So I think for small business owners, that's also a struggle. Most of us, You know, if we had unlimited money, all of our businesses would be huge and successful, but we don't, you know, you have to decide where to put your resources. And, you know, so hearing from people about how they do it, You know, where do you spend your money? When is it time to spend some money on marketing and PR? Like what what is right to spend money on? What can you do yourself? You know, what are some ideas and things you can do yourself so you don't have to pay people? You know, what are some creative ways to get publicity as a small business owner? So hopefully people will take away a lot of things that will be easy for them to implement quickly and help them grow Mm -hmm. their business. And also just meet some amazing people. You know, I was I was. I did another interview earlier today, and I was remembering last year uh, we have a FEM member, Deborah Wallace, who freelances for a lot of amazing publications. And after meeting Renee Patron, who's one of our board members at our conference, she ended up doing a feature story on her. So that's just one kind of success story that's come out of it. And you don't have to be a member to have those success stories or to attend. But I think, you know, that kind of magic of networking that you and I both love, it's like seeing the connections that are made there – seeing what comes of it, you know, with all the people that don't know each other and the partnerships and collaboration and all the things that can come out of it, you know, as a result of meeting people and just getting out of your business for the day, you know, I think, um, and it's not even a whole day, it's a half day, but I think... Some of us struggle with that, too. You know, things look good, and then we think, even if we paid for it, can I actually take the time away from my business? You know, I don't have any business going to spend six hours listening to people when I have 20 things to do today for my business. But, you know, I know I can speak for myself. The times I've done that, whether it's with Femme City or with other conferences, I always come away better for it. You know, more optimistic, more energetic, full of new ideas, new contacts. Yeah. So it's always worthwhile, it's just a matter of making that commitment and following it through.
0: I totally agree. And for me, at least, whether it's vacation or going to conferences, almost like downtime, like using my brain in a different way, leads to new ideas. And usually is the catalyst for me creating something that's, you know, even bigger. I agree. I totally
1: I think, agree with you.
0: I think it's really important, particularly because, I mean, even if you went back to you know business school, it's not the same as being with your peers and hearing other other people's stories and even getting little snippets of advice on what they did or you know what didn't go well for them make a huge impact in, in how you're running your business. And at such a small investment Definitely. too. Yeah. So yeah. if somebody wanted so to logistically, register... Logistically, you
1: know...
0: Yeah, that's what I was going to just talk about. Logistically, <laughs> you can register for the
1: conference at femcity.com. The rates have ended for early bird, but we're going to offer a $99 rate at the time that this airs for members and non-members. So you can do one of two things. Because it's a national organization, it's a little more complicated with giving codes and things like that. So here's my advice. You can either reach out to me at Jennifer at PurposefulNetworking.com. And if you email me as a non-member and tell me you want to apply at the $99 rate to register, I will tell you how to do that so that you don't have to incur a $165 rate for the conference. If you want, you can just go online and pay for your ticket. And when I see it come in, I will go in and reimburse the difference between the ticket you paid and the $99. Does that make sense?
0: Yes, absolutely. And we'll put that in the show <laughs> okay. notes, too. So we'll Okay. We'll give and detailed so right now we have about
1: 25 Yes. We have about 25 tickets left. As I said, it's a half day. It's a full breakfast. So like eggs, you know, bacon, all that good stuff. It's not a continental breakfast. Full breakfast at the Pyramid Club, which if you haven't been. It's a beautiful, beautiful facility in downtown Philly with amazing views of the city. What's nice about that location is that, you know, for people that maybe don't like to drive in the city or don't want to drive to get to the city for a conference, the train the regional rail lines actually come right into the same building as the pyramid club so if you wanted to you could take the train take an escalator up to the lobby take an elevator up to the club all within the same building and you'd never have to leave the building to go to the conference and leave the city um exactly. if that's more comfortable for you that's an option so i love that and i love the fact that um you know pyramid club also validates our parking There's still a cost, but it's way discounted. So, you know, that's an option too. So, you know, we just try to pick a place that's beautiful but also makes it easy for people to attend because, you know, that's always our goal with events is, you know, you want to make it easy for people to get there and to park and, you know, transportation and all of those good things so that they can come there and just focus on the connections and the education.
0: Awesome. Well, I encourage everybody who's listening to this before October 18th to sign up and register, this will be my third year attending, and it really is an inspirational and educational event for everybody. So, thank and you, you so were one of our me. moderators last year, right? I was, I was, and it was so much fun. Yeah, that's my thought. Yeah, and really cool to ask you know brilliant women different questions um, about their business and and again what worked for them and what you know what didn't. Jennifer, I want to thank you for coming on today and, and really sharing your story because I find that so inspirational in how many like leaps of faith you've taken as far as just you know making a change and stepping up into you know different leadership roles, whether it's your business or Fem City and growing your business now. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. You're welcome. And share with everybody outside of FEMCity, you know, where can they connect with you most easily?
1: Yes. So, like I said earlier, Jennifer at PurposefulNetworking.com. That's my direct email. I have a website, PurposefulNetworking.com. And then you can follow me at Networks on Twitter and Instagram. And that's A-R-E-Y-O-U Networks, R-U Networks.
0: Oh, awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. And everybody, we will see you next week. Bye. As an entrepreneur, do you ever feel isolated, like you're just grinding away and not getting to the place or reaching the goals that you want? Maybe you've realized that you just spent days, weeks, or even months trying to accomplish something only to figure out that the answer that you have would have saved you all of that time. I know I've had that experience and my clients have as well. And that's why I created the Tribe of Leaders Biz School. Get the accountability, the training, and the knowledge base in a community of like-minded people who are there to support you. Go ahead and check it out. It's thetribeofleaders.com.